just as a a warning, an invitation, uh, 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 not a warning, uh, invitation, a teaser, uh, things to look forward to. Starting next week, we're going to be looking at some of Jesus' parables, and in a little series, we're going to call, Why Doesn't God Do Something? If you've never asked that, I'm going to suggest that you're probably not paying attention. Um, If you're not, if you're upset with that suggestion, please send your emails to pastormarkhaines at gmail.com. I will read them. Sorry. Sometimes I say things and then I realize as one someone said, I sometimes things are better left unsaid, and I usually realize that right after I say them. And that was probably one of those things. Please forgive me. So next week we're starting a series on why doesn't God do something? And looking at the parables that Jesus taught. There's some ways to understand something about that. But today, we're just kind of doing a, a standalone um, message uh, based on some words that Paul sent to his uh, son in the faith, Timothy. Uh, not long ago, not, not long ago at all, um, I went through uh, a, a long period of intense spiritual struggle. I knew that what I was going through, and uh, I, I knew that's what was going on, but that was it. I knew I was going through it. I knew it wasn't going to last forever, because, you know, sooner or later, nothing in this life lasts forever. <laughs> so, you know... This too shall pass. One of my favorite quotes from a, a TV show called MASH. Um, never mind. I'm old. Some of you don't even know, know what MASH was. Uh, but during that whole time, one of the things that echoed besides the idea that it was going to pass, one of the things that echoed throughout my, that, my mind throughout that battle that came from an old song, somebody's praying. I can feel it. Somebody's praying for me. Mighty hands are guiding me to protect me from what I can't see. Lord, I believe, Lord, I believe somebody's praying for me. We all face spiritual conflicts and struggles. I, I don't know that we necessarily always know that's what's going on. We may just think it's some. It's the weather, or the blobs, or maybe something else. Uh, sometimes it's really obvious to us. It's like a, a like this unrelenting temptation to have a bad attitude or something else. Other times the battles are really subtle, like there's just this vague, unshakable feeling of hopelessness or despair or discouragement. Um, and everybody's situation is different. Everybody's battles are are different uh, and even though they look different in each person's lives we all have ongoing attacks to our faith and our confidence in Jesus and we usually have no idea of what the person next to us is struggling with 
and what they're trying to overcome. Because these are not really the kinds of things we just go out and buy a t-shirt. And um, we just don't tell people. We might tell maybe one or two, but we just don't tell people. And I'm just going to be honest with you, the last people I tell them, people ask me. bet 90% of the people that are listening to me are the same way. Somebody comes up to you and says, how's it going? What kind of battles are you fighting today? Oh, I'm okay. Which is code for, I ain't going to tell you nothing. Anybody comes up that cheery, wanting to know how things are going in my life? Just not quite sure. See, there are all kinds of battles going on. There are battles for marriages. There are battles uh, for parent-child relationships. There are battles for people's spiritual lives as we're praying for, uh, for folks that we know that need to know Jesus. There are battles over worry, doubt, and despair. There are struggles uh, that are caused by childhood uh, wounds that are still festering, that have never been healed. There, <laughs> behind many of these battles are, are, are spiritual forces working 24-7 to trash Jesus' reputation, twist his teachings, and trash his people. So how can we win these battles? How can we survive the attacks? The Apostle Paul introduced a young Greek named Timothy to Jesus in one of his missionary tours. And Timothy became to him like a son, spiritually. And Timothy later became a pastor of a church. Paul wrote two letters to Timothy, they're in our New Testaments, <laughs> conveniently titled 1st Timothy and 2nd Timothy. It's so easy to remember that. You know, it's the first letter to Timothy, the second letter to Timothy. Uh, Paul wrote these letters to counsel him. He gave him all kinds of advice. Uh, but there's a theme that runs through these two letters, and it's the idea of fighting a good fight. He gave him directions on how to fight that good fight. In the, in the first letter, in the very first chapter, he says, I put this charge before you, Timothy, my child, in keeping with the prophecies once spoken about you, in order that with such encouragement you may fight the good fight. Or another way of translating it is that war the good war. This is not just plague time. This is not just, this is war the good war. In 2 Timothy, his second letter, Paul getting closer to the end of his life, and he summarizes his own life this way. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. There is reserved for me in the future a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not only to me, but to all those who have loved his appearing. And today, we're going to be looking at his... 
the closing chapter, the closing page of his letter, the first letter to Timothy, where he tells him point blank, fight the good fight of faith. So we're asking the question today, how do we fight the good fight? How do we get to the end of our life and be like Paul and say, I have fought the good fight. I have run the race. And the prize is waiting. 1 Timothy chapter 6, starting verse 11. We're going to look at verses 11 through 21. I'll be reading from the New English translation, so if it's not exactly like what you're reading from, don't be surprised. It might be a little different if you're reading from, especially a Spanish translation. I probably threw that in there for a little humor. Paul says to Timothy, but you, as a person dedicated to God, keep away from all that. Okay, what in the world is he talking about? Right before that, he's talking about people who are so caught up with the idea of getting more money that they have been distracted from following Jesus. And he says to Timothy, keep away from all that. Learn to be content with what you have. There's a whole sermon series on that, but we're not doing that today. We're just going to say, keep away from all that. Instead, pursue righteousness, godliness, faithfulness, love, endurance, and gentleness. That's an abbreviated list of the, that he made elsewhere, where he said the fruit of the Spirit, the result of the Holy Spirit working in your life, is most of those things. Then he says in verse 12, compete well or fight the good fight for the faith and lay hold of that eternal life you were called for and make major good confessions in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you before God who gives life to all things and Christ Jesus who made his good confession before Pontius Pilate to obey this command without fault or failure until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's appearing the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords will reveal at the right time. He alone, he alone possesses immortality and lives in unapproachable light whom no human has ever seen or is able to see. To him be honor and eternal power Amen. I had to go to preacher voice there just because it seemed appropriate. Now, when I read these verses, it seems to me we need a whole new mindset. When we start talking about spiritual battles, we need a whole new mindset. We need to stop thinking of ourselves as victims. We aren't abandoned to fight on our own. We aren't being taken advantage of. We aren't being ambushed. We are attacked by a, an enemy that is far more powerful than we are, but I always love that word, especially when it shows up in the Bible, especially when it follows with, but Jesus, but Jesus or but God. When the Bible says, but God or but Jesus, here's the thing. Jesus conquered the forces of evil, death, and the grave. 
You see, when we fight the good fight, we fight on the winning side. No matter how difficult it is, no matter how hard the struggle, no matter how how often it seems like we fail in the battle, we're still on the winning side. Because Jesus won, has won the war. So this is sermon in a sentence. This is the thing I want you to remember. To fight the good fight, you must believe right, and then you can do right. Then you, you must believe right, then you must do right. So, so first, believe right. What, what does that mean? Jesus is your king who came to live, die, and rise to live again and reign forever for you and with you. And by you, I don't mean just you individually. I mean all y'all. And me too. It's for all of us. Jesus is who he says he is, and you can trust him to do everything he says he will do. Period. That's what it means to believe right. That's where we start. As difficult, whatever the situation is, whatever the circumstances, whatever it is we're facing, whatever the battle it is we're going through, Jesus is who he says he is. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He has already won the battle. He has already won the war. There's this, going clear back to the very beginning in Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve had sinned, and rebelled against God, and God is saying, okay, well, you know, this beautiful place you're living in, you can't live here anymore. You've eaten yourselves out of house and home. He's held down a serpent. And he's going to put enmity, hatred between the woman's descendants and your descendants. And you are going to bruise his heel and he's going to crush your head. Now, I don't know about you, but I would much rather bruise my heel than have my head crushed. I mean, walking with a limp for the rest of my life is a whole lot better than not having my life. <laughs> and guess what happened on the cross and with the empty tomb when Jesus came he went through all the temptations that we face he went to the cross he died and when he rose again he crushed the enemy he was bruised he was hurt he was temporarily laid up Back, if I understand from what he said with, when he met his disciples, he still has scars. Put your fingers here. Check out my side. But he defeated completely our enemy. 
He's still thrashing around and causing all kinds of problems, but he's defeated. That's what we need to learn to believe. We're on the winning side, not the losing side. We need to start believing it. We need to stop whining. Okay. <clears throat> I'll just stop there. Because I can I could unload a little bit, but I think I'm just gonna stop there. I will. But if we're going to believe right, we need to remember Jesus is our king who came to live, die, and rise, to live again for us, and he won the victory, period. What we're going through now is called mop-up. This is not finishing the war. This is called mop-up. Though this battle has been decided, the war has over for all intents and purposes, we're just cleaning up the resistance. Amen, preacher. Boy, somebody's got to say that. So, you know, I guess I'll do it for me. Well, we're going to praise the Lord. Well, we're going to do that. This is a Wesleyan church. Well, they do it in some Wesleyan churches, I know. But anyway, okay, never mind. We're a bunch of quiet people. It's Memorial Day. We just did communion. Everybody gets real quiet in communion. All right, so believe right. Do what? What do you mean by do right? We got to do right. If we're going to fight, the, if we're going to fight the good fight, we must believe right, and then we must do right. What does that mean? We need to follow Jesus' teachings. What was the Great Commission? When He sent His disciples, He said, "Go teach them to obey everything I have commanded." So we need to learn and follow Jesus' teachings. We need to obey, keep, cherish his teachings, all of which are summed up in two great commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, everything else hangs on those. Period. No one's impervious to spiritual attacks. You are not above temptation. You're not above a sense of hopelessness. You can be distracted, discouraged, and deceived. You can be led astray. You can believe wrong, and you can act wrong, even when you think you're right. But Jesus already won the war. He died and rose again. Jesus conquered the forces of evil, death, and the grave. His spirit will help you fight the good fight on the winning side. That's the key. The Holy Spirit will help you. The Apostle John put it this way in his first letter, greater is he, greater is the spirit who is in us than he who is in the world. See, every time you trust Jesus, despite your questions and your doubts, you're fighting the good fight and you're winning. See, the issue is to trust Jesus. <clears throat> I don't have to understand everything. I 
can trust Jesus. Every time you sing songs of praises to Jesus, despite your feelings of discouragement and hopelessness, you fight, you're fighting the fight, your good fight, and you're winning. You don't have to feel like you're on top of the world. You don't have to be like the carpenters. I'm not going to do it for all of you who are singing it in your heads because I, you know, you don't know already. And for those of you who have no idea what I'm doing, after service, Google, I'm on top of the world. And you'll find, and carpenters, and you'll find a little song that you can get stuck in your head for a while. Every time you believe right, and every time you do right, every time you believe the right things about Jesus, he's the king of kings, he's the Lord of lords, he's one, and we're winning. And every time you do right, you love people and you love God, you're fighting the good fight and you're winning. Every time you simply choose to stand and not give up, when you stand in loyal faith to Jesus, you are more than victorious. You may go, I'm just, all I can do is stand. Cool. You fight the good fight and win when you stand your ground. That's the thing we're called to do. When you've done all that you can do to stand, stand firm. So how can you train to fight the good fight? Athletes don't win. <clears throat> Boxers don't win. By looking like me and showing up on game day. In case you can't tell, I don't train physically. How do you train to fight the good fight spiritually? Set a time to learn more about Jesus. Besides Sunday mornings, Sunday mornings are good. Okay. But at least twice a week, I would suggest that you decide to set aside some time to learn about Jesus by reading and listening or listening to the accounts of his life. Focus on the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Four, those four books tell us how Jesus lived. Jesus does two things for us. Jesus tells us exactly what God is like. You want to know what God is like, know more about Jesus. You, if you want to know what God wants us to be like, Look at Jesus. Everybody's really comfortable with the first one. Oh, because Jesus was nice and he healed people and he patted, patted little babies on the head and kissed them and told them that they were wonderful and blessed them. And, and that was great. You know, he healed blind people and sick people and he was kind. Nobody ever wants to talk about how he basically called religious hypocrites' names and yelled at them. We very seldom go, I want to, you know, I, I like the fact that Jesus made 
made a, a whips out of uh, pieces of rope and scared everybody out of the temple. But, but he did. And here's, here's the fun part. We, we like to think that God was like that gentle and kind. And, 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 but very few of us really go around going, I want to be like Jesus. Especially when it comes to the, the scary stuff. Like sticking our necks out and praying for somebody who's sick. What if nothing happens? Haven't quite figured that one out yet, folks. But all I know is I'm going to be like Jesus. He did it. Here's the really scary thing. He prayed for dead people. And they came back. Not as zombies as really healthy people. Okay, just want to clarify. It was not a weird, scary stuff. They came back fine, healthy people. Let's learn about Jesus. That has to be the foundation. So, set a time, set aside some time, at least a couple times a week, besides Sunday mornings, to learn about Jesus. And set a time, set aside time every day to pray. I don't know what I pray about. But what have you been thinking about? What have you been talking to your friends about? Well, I could never talk to Jesus about that. Well, then you probably shouldn't be talking to your friends about it either. <laughs> Just saying. Because first of all, whether you know it or not, he's heard you talking to your friend. I always love it when people find out I'm a pastor and they stop cussing. It's like, why? Well, you know, I know we, you know, you're a man of God. Like God can hear better when I'm standing here. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. Besides, I have yet to hear anybody who can cuss anything like my first, pa my first, not my first pastor, my first boss. <sighs> I'm sorry, Dad, Mom, that was bad. They were my first pastors. My, my parents, that was bad. That was their job. My first boss, my first actual boss in the hospital. I, I'm pretty sure he can embarrass sailors. Uh, I've never heard anybody cuss like him. And, and, and so there's not a thing. I've never heard anybody as creative as that guy. Uh, <laughs> never. So you can't say anything. So people, they stop cussing around me. It's like, why? You know? If you can't talk to Jesus about the things you've been talking to your friends about or your family members about, you should stop talking about it. That's all I'm saying. And what's really bugging you, that's what you should talk to Jesus about. 
I still don't, still not really sure why. Okay, there's the thing he taught us to pray. We usually call it the Lord's Prayer. It's not long. Our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Okay? Pray that. You can't go wrong praying a prayer Jesus taught you to pray. My guess is you do that for a week and pretty soon you'll find yourself adding stuff all by yourself. Well, probably not all by yourself. I think suggest that the Holy Spirit might be prompting you. What about this one? Oh, yeah, we can pray about that too. Set aside time at least twice a week to learn about Jesus, either reading or listening to the Gospels, the accounts of his life Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Set aside time every day to pray. We can fight the good fight and win because Jesus won the war. It's not up to us. We're on the winning side because he's won the war. Now, some folks act like there's no evil there are no evil spiritual forces attacking us, and they act like there is no fight, and they act like, well, it's all up to us, basically. And well, they fall into two groups. They're in the, the groups of everything's going to work out fine eventually. And I just, to those people, I always say yes, because we have such a fine track record of making things better. <laughs> Not that I'm cynical or sarcastic, but frankly, I am when I look at our track record. We make some wonderful things. We do terrible things with them. And then there are other people who just give up in despair. Because they listen to my cynicism and my sarcasm and go, there's no hope we've ever been able to make anything right. Well, that is correct. We've never, we on our own have never been able to make anything right. But the key there was on our own. We're not on our own. Now, there are other people who live like, as though the forces of evil are everywhere and the cause of every unpleasant event. They want to cast the evil of pollen out of the air every spring. That's not been working either, based on my sniffles and coughs. For them, the loud, defiant prayers that are, are the primary to fight the, way to fight the good fight. And <clears throat> Paul says there's another. Paul says, as we look at, looked at his letter to Timothy, we can fight the good fight when we believe right and when we do right. When we believe Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords who has won the victory for us and his spirit lives in us, and greater is he who is in us than he is in the world. And we do right by loving God and loving others like him. how the battle is won. 
Come, Holy Spirit. We need you. We want to encounter Jesus. We want to know Jesus, not just to know about him, although knowing about Jesus certainly can't hurt us. But we want to know Jesus. We want to, we want to really meet him. And to know him so well that we become more like him in all that we do and how we relate to each other and how we relate to other people. We want to know him so well that when people meet us, they meet him, whether they recognize it or not. You see, Jesus, we, we want to be like him. Jesus personified God's unconditional love, so make us more like Jesus. Jesus fed the hungry and healed the sick, so make us more like him. Jesus went to and welcomed the rejected outsiders. Make us more like him. Jesus declared good news to the poor. He proclaimed sight to the blind. He announced freedom to the captives. He pronounced, <coughs> he pronounced release to the oppressed. Make us more like him. Holy Spirit, you empowered Jesus to do these things. We ask you to do the same for us. Fill us with your grace and your power and your love and make us more like Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for connecting with us uh, online and on site today. If you have not already done so, and uh, we'll invite you to uh, join the Champions of Hope Facebook group. Uh, there's a link on uh, the church's Facebook page. I encourage you to do that. And you'll find some unique contact there, uh, content and opportunities to connect with people other people who are infusing others with the hope of Jesus. One quick reminder that if you have uh, offering for uh, the Kingsbury's, please get it into the box. You're here on site, otherwise drop it in a mail. I think there's some instructions on the uh, Champions of Hope Facebook page. You can check there as well. So, the Spirit of the Lord is upon us, just as surely as the, the Spirit was upon Jesus, the Spirit of the Lord is upon us. We have been called, we have been anointed, we have been given a task. We go from here carrying the good news to the world, news about freedom from oppression and healing for the afflicted. The time of the Lord's favor is now. Hallelujah. I'm going to say it again and you can echo it. It'd be okay. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are sent. Go with Jesus.